0: Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. Big shout-outs to my senior producers. We got Ventus Official and my parents, Mom and Dad. Love y'all. Thank you for the support. This evening, we have Nathan Sandwich here to talk us through all the turbulence of TOing in 2023 for Melee and Smash in general to give credit to the Ultimate people not really being thrown any bones whatsoever either. Not even having Steve, who apparently is broken beyond all use and has to be banned indefinitely slash forever. Not going to get patched there. We just basically have to wait for Ultimate Deluxe or ultimate, ultimate, Ooh, ultimate, ultimate. We'll call it ultimate squared in the community. I really hope that they do that. They won't, but I just want to hope for it. Anyway, we got Nathan here and we're also talking about Genesis nine. We were both there. You did a lot more than I did. I was big time chilling for the most part, had some brackets and I think, just more or less trying to survive and I wasn't even working that much beyond Friday. I, I did eight hours of volunteer work on Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday, I was trying to, like I said, trying to chill and you were nonstop the entire weekend. So Nathan, thank you so much for joining me yet again on here on BSM pod.
1: Yeah, no worries as always. I mean, I always enjoy being on here. We finally got to meet each other for the first time at Genesis. We finally, you know, after years of... I think this is the fourth time I've been on. I can't recall. It's I've been on a few times. Yes, so you have. Like, but, like, uh, it was neat, you know, to finally meet you for the first time. And then, you know, just great job volunteering Genesis 9 as always. You know, volunteers are always much appreciated. And just, you know, the times are interesting, to say the least. Definitely not the best of places, but... I think this is a time to really look at a lot of reflection and to see what we can do going forward as a community because I believe... I don't think it's as doom and gloom as people make it out to be.
0: Did you see the commentators curse with Blur and Tafa?
1: I did not watch the whole thing yet, but you can give me the rundown. I haven't been able to get the whole rundown yet.
0: I give a lot of credit to Blur for sort of reining himself in, which is something that I perceive that he doesn't always do. But what I'm getting at is that Blur said, you know, this 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 hurts in a lot of ways, but I can't pretend that this is going to be the end of Melee because I've been in this community far too long to know that that is absolutely not true. We are going to continue to find ways to do this, but things are going to have to change. One of my favorite things that Blur said specifically... That felt meaningful to me was tournament locations. Maybe it's not always a good idea to do such a big city, such as, I mean, New York City or nearby New York City for one. Or what about Orlando? Or what about even even somewhere like Philly? Not that as if there has been a major there, but maybe it's not Detroit either. And he already pointed out that Shine technically not in Boston anymore, in Worcester nearby. So maybe you do a smaller city or a town suburb area outside of a city. It makes it harder for everybody to get there. But if the cost of the venue is lower and if everything across the board, food, hotels, everything is more manageable, then there's your compromise. And in particular, it's the venue because the venue represents such a big portion of what you're just laying down money on and going, I hope I make all this back because otherwise I'm down 200 grand or more and I'm just a human being with an LLC, I guess, but really, it's just me. So, that's the that's the big scary part in doing all of this, and I give a lot of credit to BTS for helping out with that Papa John's deal, kind of helping everybody go, all right, we're going to make this work one way or the other. Now I have a little bit more confidence to go in on the venue that we need to get, if it's Juggle Guy with Big House in Detroit at the convention center there, or the convention center in San Jose for Genesis 9, whatever it would be, although... Papa John's was not a sponsor of Genesis 9, so it was probably just Genesis 8. You get it. My point is, it, it is a significant loss, but there are steps forward in the right direction. And also pointing out, this is another big idea. All the tournaments didn't disappear overnight. We still have Battle BC 5. This upcoming weekend is Collision. We have Major Upset. We have Gommel, which is going splendidly in terms of registration numbers. Smash Con just got announced. Oh, and. Full Bloom for 2024. It's a long ways away, but that's been announced, and that's great because Full Bloom was sort of one of the Mickey Mouse majors, if you will, one that you would see Zane and maybe a Mango or a appear at. So that's a big enough event for me. That gets me super excited. So it is not all darkness. And uh, Blur wanted to definitely lean into the darkness bit, but he he said, you know, it's actually not all bad news but it is definitely a sucky situation because it it handicaps us in a lot of different ways.
1: Agreed. And I mean, I actually took some notes before the pod actually, and I actually want to read some of them out. So like basically my rundown on the BTS going down is that I think it is unfortunate and it sucks for everyone that's involved or affected by the loss. I would say specifically Mikey, Zane, Rachel, um, people that were formerly there uh like hotbed uh Aiden, you know it sucks for all them because a lot of them really came to their own while there um you know summit as a whole i mean you would say next to probably genesis or a big house you'd say that was the event that everybody watched so in terms on the majors perspective I think it is a big loss. I well, I don't think that's anyone would question that. It's a big loss. But what Blur said about doing stuff in the suburbs, I actually wholeheartedly agree. And this is coming from someone who has grown up in a suburb their entire life. Is that most of the general heart of the melee community, like Genesis, was actually founded in a suburb. It was founded in Antioch in 2009 by Bobak. And I believe Sheridan as well was involved at that time, but that was founded in 2009 at, in Antioch. And that was a suburb. Then they did Genesis two. And eventually they went to the big city known as Genesis, you know, with Genesis three at yep. San Jose. But the fact that like this community originated in the suburbs, there's no way around it. I mean, stuff like don't go down there, Jeff, uh, good shit, Herman, um, you know, the Scorpodorp days, like, a good chunk of those were founded in areas you wouldn't expect. And I feel like that should be highlighted more than anything. So what Blurt is saying is a thousand percent correct, is that you can't, you ha- it would be a disservice to the local community to not try to accommodate those areas in some capacity. And I think it's important to realize that I think the community in some ways, it's at a crossroads when it comes to this because you have the very big esports side, which that bubble has just burst. But you have a general chunk of the people there that have primarily only worked on the eSports side. But then you have people that have worked mostly on this grassroots area, like the suburbs or your local scenes. And I think we're in a state of transition right now where I think some tough decisions are going to be made. I don't think we're dying anytime soon. I feel like that is a crazy thought. Maybe there's right to worry. I, I can understand that. Maybe some people's job and livelihoods, I think that is very understandable and justified. But in terms of Melee as a whole, I don't think we're going anywhere. I think the more important thing to go on is you should look at what was right and what, what went well with BTS. You could say production quality went well. You could say a couch style con- commentary concept went well. The skits went well. You know, you have to look at all of those things. You have to look and say, okay, what was good? But then what was bad? People gave a lot of shit for the voting system. That Okay, that's one thing we can maybe, you know, if we try to do something like a summit style, we go and try to address that. But And then, you know, what what else? Like, you know, maybe it was stagnant on the staff side. Maybe we didn't have enough staff or maybe it was generally the same people the whole time you know then maybe we can try to find a way to cycle more people in i think you should look at other just many other things than just it's going down and look back gray memories you have to eventually push forward at the end of the day because let's face it i think this is the biggest loss that smash has had since maybe the mlg days you have to really think about in the big picture but you know what the community did. They stuck with it. They went through a dark age and they pushed forward. And you look at the resources we have now. We have online. Uh, We still have locals even now. I think that's something we forget. You have thriving local scenes. We had... NorCal had 34 locals in the past month in February alone. I think we're doing damn fine. I think what should happen is that you should give a little bit more attention to the local scenes because that's where the backbone of the community is right now now. and and you should try building within because that's how you build people up that's how most of people have earned their stripes in the scene and it would be a disservice to neglect that aspect of the community
0: okay so we also forgot to say that wave dash 2023 just got announced as well and that's in Los Angeles. And well, you know, you get it. The, there's a big, it's a big circle, a big SoCal event. You get it. You get it. Also, it's in the same parking lot as an in and out burger. Which I would really love to go to, just specifically to have an In-N-Out burger. It's one of the things I forgot to do while in San Jose. I was too busy using my Chipotle gift card to stretch that out for basically the entire weekend. My bad. Sorry, In-N-Out. Don't worry, I'll get to y'all. I'm not going to Wave Dash 2023, but I know a lot of people will, because one of the things that they had in their super snappy, well-edited video was, we have air conditioning (laughs) I don't know if you remember hearing anything about Wave Dash Twenty Twenty Two other than that crazy <laughs> Game Ten Grand Finals between Hungry Box and JMook. It was, it was also the severe lack of air conditioning. It was so bad they just let the wind or they let the doors open into the venue, just like hopefully <laughs> we need some form of air to come in here. The other thing that Blur said, and I think this is worth talking about uh, uh, as well, this idea. Hold on, I lost it a little bit here. Let me just reel this back so that I'm getting the right uh, the right train of thought and not pulling the wrong train of thought. Hold well, on, let me think about this because I had this locked and loaded, but then I saw Wave Dash Twenty Twenty Three, and I want to make sure that I mentioned it. Yeah, no, that no, no okay yes sharing the floor that was the other idea blur says we need to share the floor with other people evo secretly has done so well and everybody wants to be there because more or less you're actually encouraging everyone to fight for the spotlight there so it's not just bandai and it's not just the people who make um Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or whatever. That's It's a bunch of different people saying, hey, we want to be center stage. We want to be up on that stage. There were so many developers that made little videos during that Evo announcement, by the way, a couple weeks ago. And I thought Nintendo would never do something like that. They're not even letting Smash be at Evo, much less make a video to say, wow, we're really happy to be here. No shot. No shot, dude. So what I'm getting at is and what blur was saying if you have multiple genres of things you could have magic card tournament and a smash tournament at the same time or you could have street fighter 6 rivals of ether 2 and smash ultimate smash melee in other words you have to sacrifice the setups the floor space you have to even sacrifice the spotlight for the streams but that means that you are depending on other different people and bringing in other communities and you're making the event harder to shut down and you're making it so that if one thing kind of sinks because of whatever reason and smash is probably the most vulnerable of those other communities, that would be something that would help. But I say all that without having done the research of, well, how easy is it to get a licensing, a license, a streaming license for these other big events. It might not be as easy as well. Blur makes it out to be, but that was the last point that I thought was interesting was maybe we just, maybe we just have other communities in here besides smash communities. Maybe the smash only tournament style is no longer the move.
1: I mean, I mean, I think it's a good question. I mean, we'll see i i think it's something where again it's an only time will tell i think it's a good thought to keep in mind and we have in some capacity already done that i mean you look at genesis i mean genesis had strive uh we've had rivals i believe we had street fighter at one point um, we've had rushdown revolt uh we had um what was it we had nick all-stars at genesis 8 so like it's been done And I think that's like the big thing of also the longevity of Genesis is that it has shared the floor before. So like the big ones, the big, big ones, they've already sort of done that. So like, it's already been done. And I think what Laura is saying is really good for the very big ones, like your Genesis or a big house. And maybe some uh, smaller ish or like smaller ish majors could go that route. It really depends on their budget at the end of the day. And then also the floor space because, you know, that's the thing. Like floor planning is everything when it comes to like properly making sure an event can properly operate. But also making sure that if you were to give this other game the slice of the pie, you have to make sure that they are treated well as well. Because otherwise it's going to be a negative experience and it's going to have bad PR because you're going to be like, oh, you know... Is it just a hypothetical thing? It's like, I don't know, Street Fighter Genesis was shit because they didn't have enough steps. just hypothetically speaking, because, you know, that negative experience means I probably shouldn't go to this because they didn't treat this X event, you know, this X side event well. You have to make sure that if you're going to add them, you do them good justice. Otherwise, it's, you know, it, it's a, it's a, otherwise it's a bad investment. You have to make sure that you invest in the time to do it
0: it is really important that everybody's actually treated well and fairly and that's what's so challenging about running multi-genre or multi-community event is making sure that everybody comes back to you afterwards and says that was really well done because it's it's uh there's so much easier to mess up an event like that than get it right it is so hard to get a big event right talk to me about and we could talk more about how to get past this This period of time that we're entering into, which is less big, super big tournaments, they may not be as successful. 2024 might be where we see the full effects of this. We don't know yet. We can get back to this thread, but I want to talk to you about Genesis 9 because you Mm -hmm. TO'd Genesis 9 in some capacity. You were helping out. You were on staff. So talk to me about it.
1: Uh, So I was technically the PA, personal assistant at Genesis 9. So I had a different role and... It was basically... It was kind of a multi-dimensional role. I basically got to do a bit of everything. Um, I I made lots of food runs for the staff. Um, I also uh, would accommodate, like, you know... Maybe if Bobak had, like, certain things that he couldn't handle right away... I would be kind of like his right-hand man in a lot of ways to get stuff done. Um like maybe like comment like commentary stuff like the flo- um the couch commentary that we did uh i helped that with zane on that so like you know some of the people that walked on on to the mic uh they usually would go through me or zane to get on i even subbed in for a block because he was busy actually so i did technically commentate genesis 9 mm-hmm. just totally impromptu but it was technically part of my pa duty because no one was you know, Zoo, Zoo was busy at the time, and I was, and it was with Blarg, which is someone that I've done commentary with numerous times. But it was neat to see how that played out. Um, it, there was an aspect to me that missed the TOing side. Um, I definitely like. I mean, it, it, to describe my experience at Genesis Nine, it was it was a true neutral. There was definitely some things I enjoyed, and definitely some things I didn't enjoy, but. I would say the one positive really took out of it is that it was a point where I got to be myself around a major or around people at a major again because you know post COVID and everything like that, and also just like you know, just be around the community again because it was the first time I had been around the community in about five months. So like it was it was a big it was a big deal for me, and it was nice uh, to be back and to see like you know just you know what's changed what's changed and then also just meet new people along the way like i really got to do a lot of cool stuff on the media side like interview jmook uh, i interviewed uh tk breezy interviewed soon uh oh, shoot who else uh, i interviewed uh, Momska, there you like, go <laughs> so so many different people it was really cool but um, you know, I'm, I, it was nice to be back.
0: It's nice that I got to meet you there for the first time as well. I was so surprised that you went in for the hug. I was not expecting this, but... I was not going to be so surprised that I didn't know what to do because I'd already been caught off guard and my first major ever, which is Pound2022 last year. Wheat went in for the hug. I was so not expecting this. I picture Wheat as a very stoic, and he is actually a very stoic person in my mind. He, he likes the dry humor stuff. He likes looking at you and saying something while something else is happening at the same time. And saying it at a time where maybe it's not best to talk about it because it's happening right here in the moment. But that's what that's the kind of humor that I really appreciate, actually. But I was just not ready for for a hug. So that caught me off guard. However, when you went in for the hug, I was like, oh, this warms my heart. And getting to talk to you right there in the moment, you actually seemed more relaxed than I expected you to be. And I also gave shout outs to Jade and Contra as well. I seen them in action at Big House 10. And I swear it's like they they have this this carefree attitude. I I do not understand because I know how stressful it's been because I read the tweets. And yet when I see them on the floor, they're very polite. They are very to the point, but they almost seem relaxed, which is crazy to me. It's like kind of being the eye of the storm almost where jade and contra go they're just kind of like yeah you know this is what it is like i was running pools on friday at g 9 at genesis 9 and i go i am missing somebody at the moment and jay's like eh, no worries we'll just wait a few more minutes and just walks away and i go okay well now i feel better wait hold on I should be trying to help Jade feel better about how the day is going. They shouldn't be forced to be in that position where like I'm the one who's supposed to be comforted as the um as the as the pool captain. So big, big shout outs to I, I'd say everyone on staff looked fairly relaxed where where I saw them. I guess I would peek over and there would be an intense conversation happening sparingly, but I would say overall it felt like a lot of the work that had went into the event kind of allowed everyone to ride through and not be openly stressing out and looking like they're falling apart
1: say it's part two just us having a lot of experience this entire team was generally the same team that was last year's team is just in a couple different positions and i can say just from behind the scenes it, it, it's not our first rodeo, you know, and that was the big thing about this Genesis. I mean, it, this one was a grind. I would say, like, they're two different experiences entirely. Genesis 8 was more stressful in the sense of, at least for me, it was my first really big opportunity. Um, It was just, you know, everything was pretty much new in a sense. Whereas this time, you know, I knew what to expect. I know the cycle of how it works. Like once you've done it once i would say the first one's the hardest but once you've done it once it's i wouldn't say it's easier but you kind of know what to expect you also know that you have to roll with the punches sometimes if shit doesn't go as uh as planned you know we we've had like a ton of ideas that we wanted to do to genesis 9 but we'll shove it along to the next genesis so i mean like generally like i I mean I i wouldn't say like this event like it had its road bumps you know star gg going down was (laughs) that was definitely the the, i would say the most stressful part of the event but overall i mean i think it's just we we've seen things before i mean this is where i would say experience comes in and there are bigger things to worry about than like you know like there's so many other things to worry about so you have to be just emotionally aware in the moment that like you know these things can happen sometimes it's okay to call an all just like you know you, you don't need to get down on yourself and i think that's a big thing and you have to have good leadership and good poise and cognizance uh, be cognizant in order to just like you know know that this is how things are gonna go and that's why with bts going down to go back to the bts thing that's why i'm not worried because you know th- these kinds of things happens it's ebbs and flows
0: Now you're just making me think about what a Star GG just went down. (laughs) Jeez. uh, I know people love complaining about Star GG. You know what's wrong with Star GG, Nathan, because you had to seed a lot of these events. Not every single event, but I, I, I know we've talked at length before about how turbulent the the star gg code is for reseeding these big events with all these entrant numbers and occasionally crashing just before you're able to save everything ah and then it's sparingly just reorganizing the seeds all together and you go wow i'm starting over from scratch then okay that's fine i'm just gonna tear my heart out now and hope that it stops beating so yes having different events and especially kind of because Genesis eight, was it not in the same venue in San Jose the year before in 2022?
1: It was in the convention center. It's just so how it was at Genesis eight is that we had hall one, hall two, hall three At Genesis nine. I think we only had hall two and hall one. And then we had that executive room, which that's, that's where the mainstream slash the top eight room was. And then some of the small executive rooms, which was like the media and VIP room. So it was still the same venue, It's just the difference is that we had different, we had different areas of the convention center.
0: Wait a minute, they had a media room at Genesis Nine or just at Genesis Eight?
1: Genesis Nine. Genesis Nine. We had a media room.
0: I had a press pass. Was I allowed in there? I didn't know there was a media room.
1: Dang it! It was it was it was mainly for the staff. It was mainly for like staff. (laughs) It was mainly for staff and like.
0: (laughs) That's unfortunate then call it a staff room nathan i like being in rooms i'm allowed to be in dang it that's unfortunate that's just really unfortunate that's fine i don't need to be in every single room that i'm not supposed to be in allegedly it was cool at the other majors that i went to you know people took me in a few different places actually you know what all right i've com- almost completely forgot that when i first got there thursday night i was able to actually come back to see everything being set up because because <laughs> not that this is official get that out of my mind sorry dang it i'm giving i'm thinking of the wrong people sorry 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 no we had uh, brain flash burn excuse me Lashburn took me back to see everything being set up and just kind of explained to me basically what happens on Day Zero for a big event like Genesis, especially for the broadcasting side. So that was fun. That was fun. I did get to do that at Genesis 9. So I thought, you know what? That's probably going to be good enough for me. I didn't get anything about there being a media room, so I assume there isn't one. So finding out now is disconcerting, but I did get a I did get a look at Day Zero setup. That was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, It was mainly for, like, the photographers, mainly. That's mainly so, what
0: we used. So staff then. Yeah, that's fine. There's a staff room. That's, that's I don't...
1: I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean like
0: that. <gasps> it's heartbreaking. People who have a press pass or media pass can go here. <gasps> no, actually, it's just for a staff then. Uh, okay. Say, Nathan... Have you been trying to do stuff other than of course you have let me rephrase have you been trying to do anything that's along the lines of being a more active individual or doing some kind of physical sport? Do we not have a connection over ultimate frisbee or am I making that up
1: i mean i I mean I used to do track and cross country when I was in high school, so I mean that was like the main that was like the main thing I did um and Uh, that, that was the main thing I did. And then I started lifting weights again. And then I started, I mean, I may try taking up hiking again. I used to hike on a regular basis. Um, you know, I mean, like, I've just kind of been going about, like going about. So like, I mean, I don't know about like a, about, I mean, I, I need to have like a group of people if I were able to do it, but you know, if like hockey was ever a thing in my area, I would totally do it.
0: You got to go to a Sharks game this year, and cruelly, it was the night before Armada went to a Sharks game. Mm-hmm. So unfortunate. Ugh, you could have just been like side by side with Armada going, go Sharks, and they actually made a big comeback in that game as well. Ugh. But how was your Sharks game?
1: I mean, it was a good experience. I mean, I hadn't been to a game in since 2019, so it's been a while since I've been to a game. And I would say the biggest thing that I took just from being at a Sharks game is just, like, how the presentation is and how they run, you know, just a given game or operation each night. Like, what do they do to keep the fans engaged during downtime? You know, like, little details like that really kind of spark some ideas for um, just like event, like event, just, like, event organizing as a whole. Like, you know, how do you, like... Do we do giveaways? Do we do just, like, this funny side game or trivia game to, you know, make the uh, the melee brains, you know, melee stat brains working or whatever? You know, it, it may me come up with a lot of TO ideas that I would like to apply at some majors. Some of them actually did come to fruition at Genesis 9. Like, the big, um, the Intel box giveaway thing or, like, uh, the, the person that ha- that was the sandbag at the uh in the crowd at Genesis Nine in the crowd, this was all actually entirely my idea of Stude being the MC for the whole entire um like Intel thing that we were doing, and I don't know if we gave like a like a shirt or a wristband or whatever, but basically like I came up with that idea and we actually went forward with it and I was I was really happy about that because it was a massive success and I think stuff like that is important because you have people that are there for different reasons. Some people are there to compete. Some people are there just for the spectacle as a whole, or may not even know about smash that much. You want to get them engaged in certain areas that makes it, I don't know if intimate is the right word for you. you want to make it engaging, you know, because yes. you're waiting for the next match and the ma- the matches are generally the main attraction. That's the main attraction that people want when they come to watching. But when you do that, um, but, uh, but, like you need to have something on the side it's like it's like having a, a video game like it like i, I would use old games as examples like having a video game you have the main core of the game that's really good or whatever but you have a bunch of side modes like you know i would say i <laughs> i can't believe i'm using madden as an example because madden is dog shit now but basically the old men they would have like pro bowl mode they would have uh create your play mode they would have training camp mode they would have uh scrimmage mode you know they they'd have all these things you know and like it's just more things to add but it doesn't like overflow like the big picture and i think that's a big thing when it comes to these sort of aspects of running an event is that you have a lot of content ideas or whatever but the main thing is that if you keep it to where the continuity is intact then it works well
0: what i was what I was really happy to see, I don't know why I never thought of this as being a good idea before. It's not like I have put a lot of thought into this or anything. But I always thought, what if we just kind of treated the Melee intro videos like our national anthem before a big event starts? And I swear that was actually the perfect thing for Genesis 9 when they did that before the Top 8 started for Melee singles. And then at some point during one of the breaks, which um, I wonder if we'll have as many breaks moving forward, you know, because we don't have as many. Ugh, so sad. The PTS Twitch channel. I hope somebody takes over that. Anyway, the the, the one of the breaks had... I believe it was Flashburn. I could be wrong because Flashburn does broadcasting. So I think it would be Flashburn typing all the things on the screen for everybody in the crowd to see. I love that so much. Just typing out different things. Uh, My favorite personal favorite was while the camera was surveying the crowd, the camera caught one of our keyboard GameCube controllers. GameCube controller just with a keyboard in the middle, you know? And then whoever it was typed in, I'm actually using that keyboard right now. And the crowd cheers and the text goes away. And then all of a sudden it's just like mashing keyboard. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought that was well done. It was very well done. I loved the engagement throughout Top 8. And I think everyone being on the edge of their seat to see, is this finally the run for JMOOC? I think that also kept everybody very focused, very engaged. I was sitting next to some of, I was sitting next to some of, okay, I don't want to mix up the different people here, but I believe it was either Smasher Magazine Friends or Mike Hayes Friends, one of those two. And there was somebody there who hadn't really watched Melee before, but they were into it because the friends were saying to this person, JMook has never won an event before, and look, so close to winning one now. And so that was... Uh, that was. I think that just keeps everybody engaged when something historical is happening. So it's easy for something like Genesis. It might be harder for other tournaments, but when you're seeing something like that, you go, oh, I'm just completely locked in here. Oh, also, funny screen, go haha.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, just... I mean to touch up on Jmook. I mean, it was really a joy to be around him the entire weekend. I actually spent a very extensive amount of time with him throughout both, just in the VIP, just like in the VIP room, seeing seeing him warm up and prep. I even got some friendlies with him as well, and he's just a very, it was very down to earth. And uh, when it came to top eight, I could tell he had a very like a laser focus, like a stone cold killer face, and it was really nice to see. Like, I was glad that I did an interview with him on Thursday, because I really got to get an idea of how he goes about with a major, you know, just kind of what's his thought process. And like, when we did our interview, like, I think we you probably saw it it was like, what was the grindiest thing you've ever done or whatever, like, we we had some questions like that, we asked them. And when I did the JMOOC interview, literally after the interview, we talked for just like a few like just even like a couple minutes after, because we both started playing around the same time, like twenty fourteen, fifteen. So like in our sort of generational sense, we kind of run the same wavelength in terms of just you know what we were talking at, you know, what we were talking about and what we understood, and even just in how we play, even there's kind of a general idea when you could tell someone was playing. Uh, they, 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 a lot of the old school melee players have told me this that like you could tell when someone was playing before 2013, and you could tell when someone was playing after 2013. You could tell when somebody is a dock kid, and you could probably tell when somebody's a slippy kid. I swear, like history repeats itself, and I saw it there. But like the back to the Jibug thing, it was a treat to see, and just like throughout the entire weekend, you know, just seeing him go through things when i went to when we went to get him to the media room to get his head shot for top eight um like he was just very i was like i asked him like you know how you doing you know how 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 you holding up he's like feel good you know and like it was in the type of like tone of you know i'm like okay he he's locked in you know he's locked in he's focused um you know they're all business when you know you uh you have to go and start competing and it was a treat to see and that laser focus eventually led to him winning and really happy he won because he earned every bit of that. And I couldn't be more proud of him. I'm sure many others agree.
0: And I I feel like so spoiled because all these people attended so many majors just to see Hungrybox win them. I I would actually like to see a Hungrybox win because uh, seeing the pop-offs that I've seen just for advancing through the bracket are crazy. But... I've been able to see Amsa win his first super major and Jay win his first super major. Really cool tournaments, Big House 10 and Genesis 9 that I'm referring to. Really, really historical, one that we'll look back on forever. And at least for, I mean, for the Big House 10, I was too nervous to sit front row, but for Genesis 9, it wasn't necessarily up to me. One of my roomies, Spurt, we both volunteered enough to get VIP sitting. You know, we we worked. I'm kidding. You worked for your VIP too, Nathan. Anyway, (laughs) the point is that we got to sit up front. And so in the VODs, you can see me and Spurt sitting. Oh, and Firepuff12, we were all up front together all sitting next to each other in the front row, just witnessing history and going, oh, yeah, I I don't need to frequently point out to people that's me behind so-and-so, a person, during grand finals VODs or winner's finals. But it's just cool that that's there. And maybe I'll show my children. But I really promise you, I'm not going to go out of my way. Everyone stop the local. Y'all want to see this video? Look, there I am. That's me right there. No not that one. No, no. That no, that one, the wearing the red. No, the other one oh no, I'm owned. Yeah.
1: That that reminds me of the spongebob meme of look Gary, there I am. Yes. That's exactly you right now. That is exactly You're, me. Exactly.
0: It's cool exactly. it's cool to share a little teeny bit of history because I was interviewing Oats a couple months ago and and Marco just casually says, it was so cool watching Amsa beat Mewtwo King at such and such. And I go, wait, what? And he goes, go back and watch the VOD. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are you sitting next to Mewtwo King, Marco? He's like, yeah, that's me. I'm like, what?
1: That's, that was actually me during Zane Wizzy at Genesis 5, actually.
0: Wow.
1: Um, so, you know, you probably know the interaction I'm talking about, the crazy pit fight between them
0: so fun Um,
1: i was uh a couple feet away i I basically was actually around Wizzy almost generally through almost all of his loser run losers run and um (laughs) it was very fun i've told a couple people this but um it was absurd and i remember i talked to because i think it was chroma and vision commentated it uh and i looked at each other afterwards because it was i think it was the last set of their block so their block was done after that set and I I, I saw this and he was just in disbelief. He's like, what the hell he was like, what the hell did I just witness? It was something absurd. Like we like generally everyone had like the same vibe. We were just like Holy crap. Like It was it was insane. Like that uh that is definitely one thing I'll always remember. And I remember um uh I actually sat next to Essie actually. Essie and I uh, we were we were together uh, when uh, sitting together when that happened, and also another part of that story that people don't know about is that Aiden uh, Aiden Calvin he was actually literally yelling out. like he was like going for side bets. He was like, "Yo, I got I got fifty on Wizzy," I think it was. Yeah, I got fifty on Wizzy, and basically trying to take side bets with anyone in the crowd. And then um, Essie and I were just. <laughs> we were laughing the whole time, just we were just like, this is so spaghetti, but like we were just enjoying the whole thing, and we were just vi- we were just vibing. but um uh, that was one of the f- most fun things, but like memories like that is just they're, they're truly genuine. That's like the main thing. And just you know, like to be a part of the history, like just saying I was there is uh, quite a treat. you know, I at least for me, I don't think about it too much, maybe because I've been around so long, I don't think about it that much. But, like, as time goes on, you really start to appreciate those moments more. Like, I truly appreciate now that I was at Genesis 3. And I appreciate that I was there to see the Mega Losers run in person. Um, I appreciate uh, Genesis 5 and seeing Plup winning. And then, like, the peak of the hbox and feud, which the venue was palpable (laughs) when that was happening. Like, it was a palpable at that time
0: oh yeah Um, that was definitely boiling point
1: but I mean you know just just those memories they just they stack up over time and you know you look back and it's like you know you truly have a wonderful time you know with this community and I'm sure like years down the line you're gonna really be like yeah I was there to see Jamie Quinn's first major and people are gonna be like what the hell you know so like that's just the nature it's the Nature and Melee. That'll be a cool treat to tell in a few years.
0: Yeah, eventually there will be people who say they wish they were there or they wish they came in at the same time or before JMUK won because Mu might just win a bunch of events. I mean, we'll see what happens at Collision. There are some really good players that are going to Collision and based on last night, looks like Cody's ready to win a big event. And your box is not. Ew. so I'm I'm interested in seeing how collision turns out, and then moving forward. Now, Nathan, you, like a lot of people, would obviously prefer to be able to make at least part of a living around Smash, and it's not really possible to do. It's very difficult to do consistently. I would love, for example, for a, a group of tos to just kind of be like the ones who run. I don't want to say all of our events, I'd say about half of the big events and they can make it work slightly better, but that also involves flying and going to cities for an entire week at a time because you will, you you don't live in Detroit to run big house. You don't live in SoCal to run wave dash, or you don't live in New York city to run function three or whatever big events going to be near New York next And I'm not talking about a pre-major local like they have going on at nightclub tonight, even though that should be a pretty fun bracket. And I'll definitely be checking out Top 8 after we're done talking. But when you think about your specific role, what you've been doing around Melee, through Melee, enjoying Melee, I know that you need time to kind of decompress after being around for the big ones like Genesis, in that running locals or even regionals has become harder for you to feel like you can actually put yourself into that process and do. So with BTS going away, it's just one of those support systems, one of those logistical systems that allows for a little bit more flexibility on what is a very limited flexible position as being a to how do you feel about continuing to participate in smash other than just as a spectator or an event attendee how do you feel about continuing to try to do stuff behind the scenes and help out
1: i would say it only the, the bts going down thing only affects a handful of people actually it only affects a handful it's generally the people that were already either contracted by bts or was in that sort of inner circle already running majors to begin with so with me it actually does not affect me much believe it or not it doesn't affect me much i would say the only thing affects me is that it's a couple less events to go to and maybe potential commentary or staff opportunities i mean that that's when you get into the what ifs but like that's just being realistic of like you know that's what could have been on the table i mean it's unfortunate it didn't work out but I would say, like, if you were to do that, um, you would definitely ruffle some feathers, I think, because I think there's a lot of hardworking organizers today all over the world. And the field, I would say, is more competitive now because I feel like people forget this is ultimately, you know, even though there's not a lot of money involved, it's still ultimately a business at the end of the day. They can be cutthroat and dirty at times, but it... I think it's important to know that it's a business and if you were to have this select group of people running X events, you know, great, it's probably going to be a quality event, but you're definitely going to get some people that are going to be like, well, I felt like, you know, you're going to get some people that are going to, you know, feel kind of cut by that that decision, you know, I, I don't think that route would be a good route um, I think I think trying to build like people trying to build up their things individually would be better because when you have VGPC going down, Panda Cup going down, and now this, you know, the, the slate is wide open. And I feel like if you're to congregate now to like maybe one separate org or something like that, I feel like it's not wise step. I think, you know, we should give it some time, you know, to let it breathe, you know, definitely grieve a little bit, especially those involved because, you know, it sucks for them. But, you know, we should just, like, embrace a process right now. I feel like if you were to go in at this moment and try to do things right now or have, like, a certain group of people run events, yeah, you may get some quality events and be great, but you put them in a position to where you rely on them for everything. And I don't think it's a wise decision to do that. I mean, we try, we kind of, in a sense, have done that with Ludwig a bit, with some of the stuff because of the amount of wealth he has. Mm. A coin box is a big deal. I don't think it's a wise decision to rely on those people. And the community has had a tendency to do this a lot. And my hot take is that the community should not rely on that. And we have we have done this to people in the past. And that's why people burn out or whatever. I think what should happen is that you should try to get a variety of people doing things. And this is why I should, I would say go back to local stuff. Because when you go back to local stuff, That's all, like, those are the people, that's your future. That's your future of the scene. You know, I'm going to bring up Brandon leaving NorCal here. Brandon leaving NorCal is a huge deal for NorCal Melee. Brandon's been, to say, one of the most iconic people the community has ever had. And to have him leave NorCal, it's a big deal. But the community, I would say NorCal, we have shown that we can do it without him because we have built from within we have built and had people like cowpaw kid miconics floods freehops um atalo uh nate gallagher uh myself uh javi and probably many uh trey the trashman probably many others i'm missing vile Otto. i mean these guys you may not know much of these guys But these guys are the guys really holding it down for NorCal Melee at the moment. Um, Because generally, Brandon only does the big stuff now, which is huge for us. But it's showing that we have more there. And I think you should turn to those things. Because we're going to get to an age where your big names aren't going to be around as much anymore. Like, you know, I'm being realistic here when I say this, is that blur hasn't run a really big event in a while i'm not saying it's like a noctable or anything but i'm just saying i'm just saying it how it is is that like you know you're gonna need to have other people take on the mantle on running these big events or managing certain things and i think if you're to rely on a handful of people and they go out or they take a step back then what the fuck of a scene is left you know you can't you have to make sure that in the concept of... You have to roll four lines. That's a hockey concept. You have to roll your first line, which is generally your star players, your second line, which is kind of your solid players. Third line, still solid players. Fourth line could be like your grind line, you know, your your players that are enforcers or whatever. But the thing is, like, you have to make sure that the community can collectively work, you know, still operate. And that's why I don't think having people, like, a select set of people to staff every major is the way to go. Because, one, it also depends on the budget of these majors, because every budget is different, and every scale of the major is different as well. I mean, Major Upset, this is the first time really doing this big sort of thing. Like, they've done the back and blood stuff before, but, like, Major Upset's a really big, different level. And then you have, like, Way Dash, Way Dash 2023, this is only the second time they have done something of this scale. And, you know, they're definitely going through their growing pains as well, having AC. (laughs) But, um, like, that that sort of thing is important, is that you have to understand that every major is at a different state right now, and they're doing different things. And I think being able to trust the core of people you have is the way to go because I guarantee the people at WayDash, they're going to look at everything that happened at Dash 2022 and they're going to try to elevate it for 2023 and the beauty of it is it's all from within. And that's why, like, you know, despite everything that went wrong with Dash 2022 last year, like, I'm glad that they are going forward with it with another major because that will be, you know, they're, they're trying to do their own thing. you And know, add it's, AC
0: it's, to the venue.
1: <laughs> but like yeah exactly but like that that sort of thing is the big deal and i don't know like i i think i think local scenes should be valued more in this state of time especially since the the majors slash esports bubble just burst
0: there are a lot of different bubbles bursting around esports and there is a general collective feeling of uh oh, oh, oh but i think about how there's going to be also an influx of stuff. For example, the big thing for 2023 across FGC is Street Fighter 6 coming out. And I think Combo Breaker happening in the either late spring or early summer. I want to say late spring. No, That's it's actually in happening May. in May, right after right after Battle of BC five, isn't it? Yeah, late May. So is Street Fighter 6 going to be out by then? We all know it's going to be out by August, but is it going to be out by the end of May? Combo Breaker I'm... probably really wants it to be out. The streets want it to be out by May.
1: I definitely in the streets.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's a good point. Oh, my gosh. Well, if it's not out for Combo Breaker, Melee's out Combo Breaker is what I'm getting at. We just need little things little things like that. And then Rivals of Aether 2 is coming out in 2024, and I'm really hopeful that 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 of that, that game turns into something bigger than Rivals of Ether as it, as it stands now. I think it's not as if to say that ROA is bad or that it's not enjoyable to play or that the cool the guild house, not guild house, that's the venue nearby, the big convention center in San Jose. Mm, something about housing. There's 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 a, there's a community of people of Rivals of Ether workshop characters Workhouse? Anyway, the point is, people be making custom characters. There's all kinds of different little things you can do in Rivals of Ether. now. I'm just hoping that Rivals of Ether 2 goes super hard in the paint just because that'll be a bunch of new eyes. I think in 2022, we saw that with um, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. You get to see people you get to see at least at the very least a very fun crew battle melee versus ultimate you know that had twenty thousand viewers you know people who may not have necessarily paid attention to a smash related thing before and like all right close enough i want to check out nickelodeon all star brawl because the idea of spongebob squarepants fighting patrick star in a fighting game sound cool, or in a platform fighter hopefully they're hopefully that will also help all these events that do crossover because we do get things like combo breaker i believe ceo is still planning on having one of the smash event uh smash uh, games uh in their bracket not entirely sure but we we will hopefully see we'll hopefully see not just smash centric events going well but also the crossover ones going well and you talk about locals yes we uh in a very weird way, have like three different locals happening in 717. After a long time of having zero locals, we have a Friday night weekly, we have a we have one monthly and one biweekly. So you can go to three events within a month, whereas in the months prior, you could go to exactly zero a month. It's crazy. Oh, and then there's someone here, shouts out to Drew, hosting fests once a month-ish. So there's another monthly for you because they are actually well run. Drew is the homie. So I am loving the fact that even if the international level stage, the big 2,000-plus entrant tournaments are going to be lacking, most likely. I don't think anyone is going to be able to break 1,000 entrants for Melee this year because it was hard enough to even get close last year, it felt like. And Genesis 9 fell short of 1,000, didn't it?
1: No, we were over 1,000, I think.
0: Then what was the other big event somewhat recently that I... Oh, it might have been Big House 10, because Big Big House 10...
1: Because it was at like nine hundred something. Yeah,
0: it was short of a thousand. Okay, so it's really difficult, right? Really difficult to get a thousand entries for one event. I'm not talking about for the entire, for the entire weekend. You get a couple thousand or more for Genesis Nine and such. But when it comes to the locals, if you have locals nearby you, I see people on Reddit. A lot of people on Reddit recently have been saying, okay, so. What locals are there in this area or in that area? There was even someone who did it for, is there any locals nearby Harrisburg? Which I said, that's the county next over. There is stuff happening in that, in near Harrisburg. And here's the Discord server. Like it says, you will hopefully be able to grow those and say, hey, friend, you like playing Melee. You live in the same area as I do. You have friends, right? You should bring your friends. And I should too. I haven't brought any of my friends over to a smash the local, although I want to, I promise I want to. That,
1: that should be your next line of duty. Get them to go.
0: <laughs> I already feel like I'm a soldier by going to the events in the first place, but you're right. You're right. And they'll say, Oh, I'm not any good at smash, but I'll, you know, maybe they'll like it because it's super cool. People are super cool as well. I just need to remember that. Yes. Just because they don't play a lot doesn't mean they won't actually have a good time. They can have a good time. Okay. Before we get wrapped up here, I wanted you to get into some of these other notes that you have. I don't want to leave out topics of conversation that you wanted to come with. with and I need to go peace. So the floor is yours. I will be right back. Pick a topic and dive into it. Are you good with that?
1: Yeah, sounds good. All right. I guess really in this time, I mean, it would be where does i mean one where do we go from here so i would say uh, with the community i mean i already touched up a bit on it is that where the community should go is to uh, go back to its roots because i think we you could say i I like to envision this i've thought about this recently is that it's like a 10-year rise or like a 10-year run we uh, hit it with Evo 2013 and you see this boom. And with that boom, then you eventually get to you would say maybe the peak was Evo 2016 or some shit like that. You know, where you had the most interest ever in a melee tournament. But you had like this general wave that the community rode off of where you've had a genesis, a summit, a big house, a main stage, you know, whatever. You had those types of events. And with those types of, uh, you know, with those types of things going on, and now with those ending, you have to look and say, okay, that was the end of, you could say, we called this back in the day, we call it the Platinum Age. That was the end of the Platinum Age, you know, and I think going forward, you now have Slippy Kids, and these people are now going to be embarking on their own journeys as well. Because our doc kids, we never really had to deal with anything sort of going down like this. You know, the OGs like a blur, a Taffikins, a Mango, like anyone that's been around around is like 2004 and shit like that, I would say those are the people that are probably the wisest of anybody. Like, I talked to, I texted Boback a bit about this and. He was like, we're going to be just fine. You know, these are the ebbs and flows. And sometimes you're going to roll with the punches. And to his credit, they were right. Um, And another reason why I would say, I mean, I feel like this has been the hot subject, is that I had just been through this with NorCal Melee specifically in 2021-2022. Because in the times, uh, I think there was one there was one podcast i don't remember which one i don't know if it was the second time i was on or the third time i was on um where i it was, i talked about how north County melee is kind of whatever but since then we've had a massive improvement you know i texted nick gallagher who's one of our production slash organizer people and he said yeah we're in a bit of a local boom right now and the landscape of our local scene is changing you know, 408 Melee, South Bay Melee is still, like, that is, like, the area for, like, you know, NorCal stealth guildhouses are the premier local. But you have other supporting locals as well, like Blackthorn is a fantastic up-and-coming local uh, that happens every Tuesday uh, on Twitch.tv slash Melee on occasions. Mm. Um, We have uh, Rosa Rising in Santa Rosa. That's been going on for about a year, I think they've had 20 they've had over 20 iterations now of it. Uh Gator Games, the SF State Monthly finally back in back in action. That's a great thing to see. Um, you know, just there's just a bunch of things. And if you were to ask me in 2021 or early to mid 2022, I would say, "Fuck, I would say fuck, we're in trouble. You know, we don't have much, we don't have a lot of TOs, you know, it's just but with time you know, through people stepping up and taking on new things or just, you know, through the process, things got better. And I think majors are going to go through a bit of that. And that's why my worry is not much. And I think, you know, you have to look at it as that, like, you know, all these old stuff, like the summits and stuff like that, you know, you can't trot on Legacy forever. Because um, NorCal Melee did for a long time, I would say. Um, For better or for worse. Because, I mean, NorCal has a very rich history. That's not to discredit it. But when you have a new era, and especially something like COVID, where you had no locals for a while and you're trying to figure out, you know, what what kind of scene do you have? Well, you're going to figure out over the months. And you're going to figure out what is valued in a scene. What does the scene actually value? Okay, so they value... I would say in 2021, uh, my events, Bay Area Rumble, was extremely valued because there just wasn't a lot. The AFK Monthlies, that was valued. Guildhouse was extremely valued. I'd say the value still holds up. You have to look at what's valued, and some things can vary over time because some things can age very well. You know, I would say Guildhouse holds its value a lot, you know. The production has gotten better. You know, each time we run animele on the stream now, our overlays are constantly getting better. Over, uh, Kavi's rto To is asking for feedback. Um, everybody knows about Guildhouse at this point now, so that's also a plus. So, like, everyone knows it's like, oh, Guildhouse also is a weekly on Thursdays when not a lot of people knew about it. When just to say, you have to just look at all those things and you know. What's good for a region? And then you have to really, you know, embrace that identity. I think about Ralph getting in the Smash Summit 14, the last summit. I think that was the biggest thing NorCalMalia has had since PPU getting signed by CLG. And the reason I say that is because it was the first person outside of the big three, first person outside of PPU, Sfat and Troomed that had done something of that, like, of this sort of significance. Like, yeah, we've had Umar and Azal something like that they wouldn't like way dash doubles or whatever, but like to this like degree, you're getting somebody from NorCal that has gone to locals and stuff into a summit. That's a massive deal. That puts everyone on notice because for a long time we trotted on, you know, a lot of people knowing that, you know, NorCal is known for PPU, S and shrimp. And yeah, I mean we're not gonna discredit through history, but we, if we look at the now. The people that are representing NorCal through and through and going to locals each week are Umarth, uh, or uh, Umarth, Ralph, Darkatma, um, Ram, uh, Typhoon, Blarg, uh, Space Pigeon, Freehops, Mosquito, many, many more. But those are the people that truly represent the scene right now. You know, and I think it's important also to still represent the old guard like uh Johnny and Pat because they have definitely. Done. Their fair share of grinding, but this is the now. You know, these are the people that are constantly going out, and it's important to embrace those people because that's who we have now. And I think not representing those people is a disservice, you know, to like you know, pumping up the new. You know, I wouldn't say the new blood because a lot of these people have been playing or playing for a long time, but pumping in like the new, the new faces, if you will, the new faces of the scene, because there's gonna be eternal leadership, you know, with Brandon gone. I think that's a that's something you have to acknowledge. It's like, okay, you know, you know, what happens to the vault? You know, what happens to, you know, you know, does Brandon throw a big North events on occasions down the line? You know, you have to really think of all those factors. And it's something that just has to get navigated over time. There's no clear answer and there's not one person. You know, I may not have all the answers. I may have a prominent voice in it. And I may have some Maybe some influence or some steering power in it, but still, I am not ultimately the only person, you know, there's a ton of moving parts and a du- ton of different aspects. And I just think it's important to build up the new people or that are really on the come up, um, you know, to a point to where maybe, you know, if I, maybe I'm not around as much, they can take on the mantle and do those things because, you know, ultimately people aren't going to be around forever in the community. And I think it's important that if you're going to pass it on to the next generation, you have to make sure it's in good hands in order to do that. And I think that's something that uh, just we're going to have to experience and we're going to see how it plays out. You know, and it's an exciting time. It's a ton of uncertainty. But there's a part of me in a weird way that is excited about it because there's going to be a ton of change happening. Some for the better, some for the worse. But we're here for an adventure. And I think that's what Melee is all about. And that's what we all came for the scene for.
0: The team that you fell in love with would be at a football team. For me, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles, or if it would be you, the San Jose Sharks, the 49ers. Did you watch the 49ers?
1: The the Sharks are terrible. (laughs) But yes, I I I watched the Niners and the Sharks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay well you you in your personal lifetime the 49ers were already kind of past their boom because that was 80s and 90s little teeny bit early 2000s but not really so i'm thinking yeah. about how the philadelphia eagles team that i fell in love with was coached by andy Reid, no longer the head coach players like donovan McNabb, brian westbrook and and brent selick brian dawkins None of those people are on the team anymore. In fact, many of them have either gone on to other, play for other teams, retire, all that stuff, or coach for other teams. And the, t- the organization, save for maybe a couple of behind-the-scenes faces, has also changed. It's not even the same front office staff. And you are somehow in love with the team still. Why is that? Because it was somebody's job at some point to say, All right. We've lost our franchise quarterback in the past 10 or so years. How do we as an organization uh, bring up a new quarterback? Why are you asking that when the old quarterback is already up and out either because of trade or because of retiring or because of losing them to free agency. You need to plan for these things in advance. And one of the most puzzling things of all time as an Eagles fan to me at the time, I was more puzzled by this move than anything in recent memory was when we drafted Jalen hurts because we drafted Jalen hurts less than a full year, less than a calendar year after signing Carson Wentz to like a four year, $100 million guaranteed contract. And we did it in the second round. And I'm going, why aren't we using the second round pick to, oh, I don't know, get a decent wide receiver? Why are we drafting a quarterback who's going to be pressured to play in this city? Because Philadelphia is the kind of city for football that says no, you need to play the quarterback that you draft high, even if it's a second rounder. We, you, need, you just need to do that. And I'm going, why are we putting all this unnecessary pressure on our current quarterback who's already had pressure enough? Why are we doing all this? None of this makes sense. And yet we've gone from the fall of grace where Ugh, this team is below 500. This team sucks. We're not going anywhere. We've turned it around within... The normal timeline, you know, we 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 went back you to the Super Bowl. we, we yeah we Super went back Bowl. to the Super Bowl with a a nearly completely different team. There were only five or six players that were on the same roster as the 2017 winning team, Nathan, and that was only five years ago. So there was only about five or six players left. So that's the kind of turnover that you come to expect in football or in other sports when you look at melee everybody from from the top down and we talked about this earlier about saying your lines have to be good in hockey they can't just rely on the first line and then what as soon as they go out of the game you're gonna give up a bunch of point well not a bunch of points i guess (laughs) i guess you could give up three goals in 30 seconds if you really wanted to but that would be very impressive if you figured it out huh
1: that has happened before or at least just you know that sort of thing that can happen
0: it can happen is this common that doesn't feel right
1: it doesn't happen it's not common but
0: okay some how about stuff this has happened. two goals in 60 seconds that's pr- that feels like that would happen if you had the wrong line out for too long uh that
1: has happened yes. that has happened before
0: okay so with uh with with when you think about somebody like Brandon who it has indicated pretty strongly talked about this at redemption rumble after the stream was over talking about norcal classic two, i think it is i've heard that name and i go whoa everybody in twitch chat is freaking out for some reason and then said yeah we're going to bring back a few retired players and i was like oh okay okay so sure maybe there will be a big norcal event at some point that brandon comes back for but when is that going to happen and why hasn't that been formally announced right so that's
1: that's entirely up to brandon
0: exactly exactly so did brandon quote-unquote train somebody up to do the kind of events that he used to do in norcal maybe it's not 100 percent necessary if he intends on flying back to run those events when the time comes
1: i mean and that's just that's that's an answer that will be just told with time right but
0: for 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 somebody like juggle guy without juggle guy J- big house does not happen does juggle guy say i want big house to happen but i don't want to run it anymore he knows what he has to do he would have to take someone who has been at the helm with him or has previous experience in running events and say, I would like for you to start to take this over. Let's, you're going to help me run big house 11 or, oh uh, gosh, I hope there's a big house 11. You're going to help me run the next big event and you're going, we're going to see how it goes. And if you want to, you can, you can take this over for the one after or, whatever the case may be. Those are all totally hypotheticals. Okay, sorry. NorCal Classic was talked about on stream. Brandon wants to do it. Talked about bringing players out of retirement to do that. So hopefully it will happen. That's not a hypothetical. The juggle guy thing is purely hypothetical though. So that's just me. That's just me drawing an example and then it finally goes all the way down to the low level people. One of the people who I mentioned earlier, Drew, who's running super cool house fests once a month or so, is a slippy kid. And look, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, Drew has, goes to these locals that J-Bob runs or Whiplash is doing over at, over at Mill Israel University, the uh, Friday weekly. And just kind of picking things up. Not always like, oh, I must be the apprentice to the master, but just asking questions and going, okay, what do I need to have a proper setup and getting a proper setup? And then you go, what if I could do like a little mini stream? No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, what if I just have people over to my house? So oh, can I do that? And for me, the answer is no, because I have children, but Drew could do it. Cause Drew has no kids right now. <laughs> so <laughs> this is super cool. And we all we all say thank you, Drew, because there's one there's one person who who helps make our region feel more alive and very alive because part of the big draw is there's a there's a lot of liquid courage going around at that 21 plus event. You know, uh, I guess for the people who partake, it's very super dummy hype for me. I'm just big time chilling. I'll be somebody's designated driver. Actually, I can almost entirely guarantee you that I will definitely be someone's designated driver for that evening because they live close to my house. But anyway, that's how we keep things going in 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 the local sense is just saying, you know what? What if I what if I what if I do this? It's not Drew saying, oh, no, BTS is shutting down. What are they the people who are normally in charge going to do? This was not started, by the way. Drew didn't start running events. Because of BTS shutting down. Just using that as an example. But you understand what I'm saying. It's happening because people go. All I hear about TOing Melee. And Smash events is that it's horrible. I want to do that. (laughs) Big shout outs to the people with the bravery. To step forward. And start running events at their house. And then turns into a little mini auditorium. And then a bigger one. And then a bigger one after that. Super cool.
1: I... (laughs) That's definitely one of the funniest things I've heard. Like, at least to me, I think it's a bad precedent that we think it that. I think you have to look at the big picture is that we're providing an opportunity and a space for us to play the game. But that's... Oh, my God. that That's really good. I, I It's like, oh, this is all horrible, but I want to do it anyway. It's like, all right, fuck it.
0: Let fuck it, it run. We're going
1: to do it. But uh, I mean, I think just to go back, um, I had this in my notes. And um, I, it, it goes back to the sports team. I actually wrote this down. So the community is like a sports team. We're going through a rebuild. And I remember when Norcalp Melee was in pretty bad shape, it took a lot of us to get going. Now we're in really good shape, I'd say. So, I mean, pretty much, like like you said, the San Jose Sharks, I would use uh, the Sharks as an example here. Our cup, Stanley Cup window just closed you know it's closed we are bottom three in the league we are you know we're we just retired patrick mullo's jersey which is the first Sharks player to ever have their jersey retired you know we're entering the end of the stanley cup window era which was from like 2003 to about 2019 you know that's a it was a good run we only made the finals once but lost but it was a good run at the end of the day but you have to look at it now and what the our new general manager, right, Mike Rear, is doing. He is trading some players, getting draft picks. You know, he, he's starting for the future. And fans are like, oh, what the hell is he doing? He's getting fleeced or whatever. But you have to look in the big picture. He's settling up for the future. And that's why, you know, you have to think about is that, you know, you can't be worried about this sort of deal because i think what people have to realize realize and i've come to accept this more and realize it stuff takes time it takes time it certainly sucks time can sometimes be one of the most difficult things to overcome and uh to borrow a quote um from the uh youtuber i like he's a sports youtuber he goes by a funny name named urinating tree but tree said that you know time is the most valuable asset and you choose to spend it here. And whatever you do in that time is, I think, what should be going for, going, like, going forward. You know, what do you use with that asset? You know, is it uh, built for the future of the hockey team? Or in the case for what my situation was for 2021-2022, it was, how can I lay a foundation to where all these new guys can really start to help out in NorCal Melee? Because at the time... We did not have a whole lot. You know, you have to really look at those things. And there were some very difficult times. I am not going to hesitate from them. There were some times where I thought about pulling the plug. But you know, through, through persistence, um, through process, some encouragement from people really close to me, Umar, Bobak, I would say those are the main two I really give them my utmost respect and appreciation for. You know, it keep me going in times where I felt like I was done and, you know, continue to push forward because it's an up and down process. You know, I write this down and ever since I started journaling back at the start of 23, I, I I, started writing this squiggly line and this squiggly line on each of them. I put a dot and that dot is I put a dot either on the low side or the high side and I write, and I write you are here. Because that's the general state of mind you are right now. So I was just going... to say I was going through a down. I am there. But that squiggly line, it's going to go up again. And I'm going to have another time where I write the squiggly line ag- again. And it's like, you are here. You're not enough. You feel fucking awesome. You feel great. You know, and that that's just going to be the process. And I think those ebbs and flaws are going to show over time with the community. And it's important to see where we go from there. But I'm, you know... I'm thrilled, at least, you know, I'm just kind of embracing the journey, you know, every up and every down. Because ultimately, you know, whenever a great moment arises or whenever just, you know, things start to come together, it's going to be a very incredibly rewarding feeling. And you're going to really look back and be like, you know, man, I'm really glad I went through that. You know, all the struggles and all the work was worth it. I think of the Golden State Warriors 2022 championship team. That team stands out to me more than the other championships because that team actually went through some struggles. You know, they lost they lost the finals and then they lost Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson to injury, you know, Kevin Durant free agency. They were worst team in the league in 2020, COVID hit. Clay tears his Achilles, all that. Like, you know, you look at all those things, and then when they go and win the championship, that's a very satisfying feeling because unlike the others, where they thought, you know, quote unquote, super team or whatever, or cakewalk, lock or whatever, they earned it. You know, I, I look at that sort of thing. And that's why i I've learned to appreciate the struggles a lot more. And I think it's important that you should learn to appreciate the struggles as well, because you don't know when the good times are gone. And it's very important to appreciate them, especially right now.
0: You can look at Genesis 9 being the culmination of surviving through the process of Genesis 8 being delayed and running and in some ways feeling like, ah, this is kind of like a last gasp sort of situation. What's, what's going to happen to next year? Are they going to be able to operate at the same capacity? It wasn't necessarily a big overarching question, but I thought that kind of process of having to delay an event And do go through all of those channels who are all saying back to you, well, well, what, why are you doing this? And going through that process, I imagine, just takes years out of your life in a metaphorical sense, not necessarily literally. And I thought, how much more stuff will Sheridan and Bobak and the rest of the Genesis team put up with? And it culminates with Genesis 9 being like it it's certainly going to be a top three tournament for this year. It doesn't matter if it was the first big tournament for 2023. We will look back on this year after it's over and we're in 2024. We'll look back and say, JMOOC winning Genesis nine. Yeah. That's a top three tournament of the year. And it's, a, it's also a shame. It's put so much pressure on everybody else to have like such a sick event, but like, you know, yeah, no one can, no one, no <laughs> one can claim to have JMOOC winning the first super major ever. And especially, Because, again, it was Genesis 8. J-Mook breaks out and then spends a year trying to get first and doesn't get there. Ah, this is so painful because Hungrybox just seems determined to only win when he plays against J-Mook. Ah! But then Genesis 9, the very same tournament that he made his name in an international sense. You and I knew who J-Mook were before Genesis 8, but you get what I'm saying. When's that? that was the result of so much work. I mean, not just you, I'm talking about everybody on the team. And of course we have to give, we always keep saying it, but we'll keep doing it. Sheridan, Ballback, doing so much, so much just to make that even possible. So that was not because everything was super easy and the roses were all blooming nicely. That Genesis nine happened. That was a, From the very beginning, from the very first genesis, it built up to that moment. So it's the weight of history. Like, ah, when the dependable people go away, who else are we going to find? But in the same way that Melee finds a way to persevere, the people who are behind the scenes, the ones who come through that are diamonds in the rough, that can do the amount of work that five other people, that 10 other, 20 other people can do, but they just do it all by themselves, make things happen no matter what. You lose people like RyoBeat because of how much burnout there is, but then others come along because they nominate themselves and they go, I can grow myself as a person and as a contributing member of society, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't always lead to a career within Smash or even esports. And that's the sad thing about Beyond the, Beyond the Summit shutting down because I looked at the list of names and I thought these are all people that, had their livelihood taken away. And yes, there's a little bit of a benefits package and severance package, but this is really unfortunate that they all now have to look possibly out of esports, and we'll lose really cool people that were responsible for bringing us great events. But given time, we may not see something like summit for years, but no one's going to forget. And I bet you that before the before maybe 2026. How about that? There will be something that is not like Summit, but functionally Summit, because someone will say, "I can run an event like that," and they'll get up to there.
1: Yep, and I think that's the beauty of it is that you have to look, you have to look at the big picture in these times. It's a, I, it's kind of corny to say, a cliche to say, like look at the pauses, but I think you really do because. You know, and I think also just appreciate what they did. You know, they they deserve all the thank yous. And, you know, I think also appreciate the moment. Appreciate that people like Bullback and Sharon have done this sort of thing for almost 15 years. I think that's a big thing to account. And I truly appreciate them more now. Now seeing one on the bracket end side and then also seeing more on the media side of how they operate things. And it's truly a treat to say And I've gotten to see a lot of cool things uh, behind the scenes that they do. And then also just like the the fun that they have, you know, just that you could tell they genuinely enjoy what they do. And I think just more importantly to just, you know, just just appreciate uh, just appreciate it. You know, I think that's the big thing. And uh, those people, regardless of what the future may hold with them, you know, you wish them one only the best. But then, also, just in the future, wherever they wherever the community goes, that you know we embrace it full on, and you know we enjoy the adventure. And you know, at least from my personal stake, I would say, just with from Genesis eight to Genesis nine, I would at least for me, my personal journey, it wasn't a coming together moment. I would say stuff down the line, twenty twenty four is gonna be more where things come together. I'm treating twenty three, twenty three as a be able to hear, but everyone's process is different. In the case for Jemuk, it was definitely a coming together type of moment, and everyone's process is different. And I think it's a good, you know, it's a good thing to you know really embrace the process, embrace embrace the times where you feel low, and embrace the times where you feel great, and then just you know just just try the best you can, even if you have limited resources. And I think that's. You know, to borrow a quote uh, from an anime called Licorice Requail, there are things you gain in losing something. And whatever happened, you know, since BTS going down, we're certainly going to gain something from it.
0: Nathan, we are out of time. I have to get finished up here because my wife needs to go to bed. So <laughs> no worries. any final shout outs and where the people can find you. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Please tell the people all the things you want to tell them before we get going.
1: Uh, I would say, I mean first you can follow me on Twitter at Nathan Sandwich. I kind of just kind tweet whatever right now, I don't know. Um, you know, you can join the Norcal Norcal melee Discord. you can follow the Norcal melee Twitter account at Norcal melee. Um, you know, thank you to anyone who has stuck around with me on the journey, uh, especially just in the long ride that has been my 2022 into 2023. truly appreciate you guys and then uh, just you know, we're gonna we're gonna be just fine. It's just gonna be a bump in the road and we're we're here for an adventure and let's just keep just keep at it. Push forward.
0: The high queue tweets have begun. So people who like that show should follow you so that you can continue to tweet to them. These are my thoughts on the show I've never seen before. Nathan, thank you so much for the time. Stick around for after the outro. We gotta do the we gotta do the thumbnail. But to everybody else, you know. Stay classy or something we'll see you on the next episode of bottom of the smash mountain